Hello, and welcome back to Radical Disruption. This week's episode is a guest episode with the most wonderful human being on this planet, Nicole Jakes. Nicole is the modern home ec teacher we never had in school or college, teaching us how to find joy in and out of our kitchens and home. Join her for the tips and stay for the wellness inspo and warm hug advice she offers daily on Instagram, website, and on her TikTok. She is a mother of two, an entrepreneur, a hot yoga goer, and a kindness enthusiast, and I can definitely agree to that one. Nicole started her page to share her generational recipes and hacks that were passed down from her grandma to help and serve others to find joy in homemaking. And I would also add that Nicole has over 300,000 followers on Instagram. She has grown to that amount within just over a year. And a big part of our conversation in today's episode dives into how she's been able to achieve those kinds of results in such a short time frame. Okay, if that intro doesn't get you excited for this episode, I don't know what will. Seriously, though, this conversation is one of my favorites, and you will for sure be seeing another guest episode with Nicole in the future. But I won't keep you waiting any longer, though, because I know you are eager to listen in. So let's dive into the episode. You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. I am so excited for today's episode. I have a very special guest, Nicole. Her and I have been friends on Instagram, and we've also met virtually a few different times for about like a a year now, I think, is when we originally first connected. And I have just loved watching her thrive and grow and make an impact on social media. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today to be able to talk a little bit about her journey and what she is currently doing to make a bigger impact in the world. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I love this. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. It is definitely on my rotation for sure. Well, I am honored, seriously. Anytime people are like, oh, I'm watching your podcast. I'm like, I don't know. It it just feels, or I guess (laughs) not watching, listening to my podcast. I'm like, this just feels so weird because I am such an avid podcast listener. And I listened to podcasts for so many years before doing mine. And now people are like, I'm listening to your voice. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, but uh, I don't know. It just feels weird. So I, I appreciate that. But to start off today's episode, I think that the best way for people to get to know you is to, for you to talk about your journey. So I know that your account today on Instagram is very different than what you originally started your account to share. So tell us a little bit about your journey from the very beginning to where you're at right now. Awesome. So I have two kids, a five and a seven-year-old, and the youngest was going into preschool and I was on a girl's trip and my two friends were like, you should be sharing how you're cleaning that cast iron pan. And I was like, why? Doesn't everyone just use a potato and salt to clean theirs? And they're like, no, no, like nobody knows that. Like you should be sharing your knowledge in the kitchen and at home. 
with others. Like if anyone's going to do it, it's you. And I left it thinking, well, why not? Like I have three hours in the morning, three times a week now (laughs) thinking, okay, I'll just jump on and teach myself. And so it was kind of self-taught and I had like my goals and a business plan. And I thought I was going to go into charcuterie business. I live in an area that lacks a high-end you know, cheesemonger and thought this would be a great opportunity, possibly set up a business. You know, my entrepreneurial mind goes a mile a minute. So I started the Board Housewife PDX and thought I'll teach people how to do it themselves. We'll do classes. I got in with the charcuterie gals, which are a loving, caring, giving community and was the Board Housewife. But I always was sharing kitchen tips and tricks along with charcuterie trends and boards and things like that. So my tips and my tricks and some of my recipes started gaining traction. And I thought, this is going to be more than charcuterie. So I pivoted quite quickly after three months and said, you know what, we're going to pivot into more recipes and kitchen hacks, tips and tricks. And it's just expanded from there. And I really listen to what the audience wants to be and what they need me for, because I think that's important, especially in what we do. But Beyond that, I thought, you know, I was watching what was trending and what they were loving watching. And I just continued with it. And then I made the name change just a couple months ago to It's Nicole Jakes. And I basically share everything about my homemaking. It's kind of like modern home act now, not charcuterie. I love that so much. And it's such a unique journey as well, because, you know, there are a lot of people out there like me who, you know, are teaching you how to grow on Instagram and, you know, other service-based businesses that, you know, are 100% still needed and 100% uh, amazing. But your journey has been very different in, in terms of how you're making an impact by sharing these tips and tricks. And I mean, I have saved so many of your reels because they are like seriously so, so, so helpful where I'm like, this is actually mind blowing. So I love that your journey has, it's just been a little bit different than a lot of people on Instagram. Now, if anyone follows Nicole on Instagram, you know that she has recently been featured in a lot of different things. Like, for example, recently on the Rachel Ray show. So I'm very curious to know what opportunities have arisen since growing your platform on Instagram and how has that been? Like being on the Rachel Ray show, like how how has that felt? How does that also contribute to like your overall goals of your Instagram account? So when I started out, I thought, oh, if I just have 8,000 followers, that'll be like such a big community and we'll be so happy. And by the end of year one, I was over 100,000. And I almost felt like I didn't know what to do with it, in all honesty. I think there's a lot of benefit to excess growth because your voice is heard and you're able to help more people. But at the same time, it was fast and I had to get on board. So when Rachel Ray reached out to do the segment, I about fell off my chair because my grandmother, who is one of my biggest inspirations for my page, she taught me all these tips and tricks and a lot of my recipes as well. We would watch Rachel Ray. Like that's how you used to get recipes. You would watch the TV show and cook along. And so Rachel Ray opened up a lot of other doors. I now do a segment locally. I've been on Good Day Oregon, the New York post, Daily Mail, I've been international. And it still doesn't feel real. And I'm not sure it ever will because all these opportunities to raise awareness and help others is really the mantra of my platform. And I think 
people can use their voice for a lot of different things on social media, but social media is not digital media. It's not the other kinds of media I've been featured in. It's about connection. So it just has been a very surreal trip down, you know, this PR lane. (laughs) Social media is crazy because you can just get picked up and PR people reach out to you and then you're on a show. So Rachel Ray was a dream of mine. The fact that it's come true so fast has just been humbling to say the least. I love that. And a question that comes up for me is, you know, is it just because your platform has grown so much that these PR opportunities have came about? Or did you hire like a PR company to be reaching out to these people to get access to these opportunities? Or what has that whole process looked like for you? Yeah, so it's just me. And I manage my DMs. I'm very active on my DMs and my email. I have a large hand in everything that I do. So they came about via email. Most of them come about via email. And I don't have a PR firm. <laughs> Not yet. I, I'm working on scalability as I'm learning from you and how you scale your business. And it's become a business, even though it still feels like this passion project that I'm just doing in my kitchen with myself and my iPhone. <laughs> I love that so much. And I even had someone who was in my direct messages the other day. And I feel like maybe you can answer this question. They were asking and they were saying, you know, I want to start this business and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing, but I'm very afraid that when I start this business, I'm going to lose my passion for what it is that I'm doing because I I see that happen a lot where it's like you start a business because you're passionate about something, but then once you start having to like make money from it and like things just change when it goes from like a passion or like, I I guess like a hobby into a business, I guess, what what is your take on that? Have you experienced that all at all where like, as you were building your business, you kind of lost your passion or do you feel like you've done a really good job at like setting boundaries so that doesn't happen? What is your take on that? So I learned boundaries when I had a child. I learned self-boundaries and self-preservation and that boundaries are healthy. They're to tell other people what what you will do if X happens. It's not consequential or built into fear. So setting self-boundaries is key to lack of burnout, which happens quite frequently in this business if you don't find the balance and it doesn't come right away, especially with the learning curve. And I feel the boundaries have helped. The one thing I can say that I'm very grateful is this is still a passion. I still find passion in it every day. And I haven't scaled it to be a business that I can't enjoy. It doesn't take joy out of anything for me. And when it does, it's the time to show up and tell your community, I'm lacking the joy. I mean, every day we can't be excited to do dishes. <laughs> you know, like there is going to be there's going to be ways you need to implement joy back into it. But that is your choice to either do it or to not. I think social media has two different platforms. I mean, it has a lot of different platforms, but two different kind of sections where one is that you're going to be an influencer. Your face is your business, that you are going to share your life, what you do, what you use, what brands you love authentically as possible. I can't say that for every influencer out there, but for me specifically, And that is really where you're going to take it. Or it's going to be a promotional platform for your, you know, brick and mortar setup or online business, whatever it may be. So I think there's kind of two ways to do it. And I still don't have like this offering, so to speak. I kind of stick to the lane of it's Nicole Jakes. This is me. This is what I'm doing. This is kind of my life. And I'm sharing it with you. 
So I feel like I've been able to balance it pretty well, but it does require you to delegate and to look for outside help. You can't do it all on your own. And that is number one. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask, you keep talking about joy and like finding joy and making sure that you're bringing joy always into what it is that you're doing. But what happens when you do get to that point where you kind of recognize that it isn't, it isn't joyful anymore. And it's not to say that like, you know, it's not ever going to be joyful again, but like when you start to like get on that verge of like it not being, you're not being passionate about it anymore. What if, what are those things that you kind of set in place or what do you, what do you do to take that step back to make sure that, you know, you don't hit burnout or you don't build something that you aren't passionate about? That's a really good point. And I think that kind of comes back to a lot of like my looking at my home holistically because I view my mentality and my attitude towards that to kind of set the tone for my home and everything that I do in it as a homemaker. And I keep a picture of me at five years old near like my bed. It sometimes travels around the house depending if I need it in the kitchen or not. But I think about that little girl that's still inside of me and looking at me now and what I've become. And I think finding that inner core that kind of brings you back to your purpose and what you do is it's essential to doing what we do. But there are some other things that I always remind myself, like there is a legacy and generational part to what I do because my grandma and my mom have helped me so much to get to where I am and to share a lot of these tips and tricks came from them. And so whether it be thinking of my grandma or calling my mom or looking at me at five years old, those things usually can put me back on track. Sometimes it takes a step back. Like I have to look at all of it from up above and kind of have this aerial view of what it is to recenter it because it does get off track sometimes. And going viral has its ups and downs. And there are times you really just need to bring yourself back to your core. So it's finding those. But I would say those are probably the top three things I do. Think about my grandma, call my mom, or look at that five-year-old picture of myself and bring me back to my core. I love that. I feel like we keep talking about like your purpose and your mission. And that is something that I love following you on Instagram for because your account is more than just the tips and the tricks and the hacks. It is something a lot deeper. So what would you say is the mission or your mission with your Instagram account? What purpose does it serve? Well, I feel like there's two. One of it is self. I feel like people come on to be friends. Like there is an actual friendship digitally, which sounds very obscure to a lot of people, but it does allow you to cast a net internationally in social media. I mean, I talk to people in Ireland. It's the coolest thing. So connection is very, very key to my platform. It's about connection and community. And it's why I'm the only one with my Instagram password. (laughs) Like No one touches my content, how I edit it, any of that. It stays true to Nicole. So connection is definitely part of it. And I think I learned there was a pivotal moment when I learned that this platform is so much more than what I thought it was, that the more followers you have is not indicative of like putting a birthday cake in a giveaway out there. It actually allows you to have a voice to make a difference. You know, my mantra, as you hear me say, I remove your body for someone who can't and gratitude that you get to move your body, do something kind for somebody else and shine your light wherever you go. But what do those mean if you can't make them transactional, if you can't make them tangible or feel them? And there was a unfortunate event last year in Texas with a school shooting. 
And I just wrote, hey, anyone send me a name of a teacher that has made any educator that's made an impact on your life. And for every name sent to me, I will donate a dollar. And at the end of the night, I was at you know over 3,000 names and I made my donation to the families. And I talked about it the next day. Because one thing I want to do is help, right? We talk about that a lot. And I had people write me back saying, I matched your donation. I matched your donation. And by the end of a 48-hour period, just the people in my community and platform had donated over $50,000 to the families. And I thought, this is so much bigger than me. This is so much bigger than me or me and you and our little friendship on Instagram. Like This is purpose. And so a lot of it will always be rooted in that because I believe we need more love and kindness and light in the world, but also how to turn it around. I talked yesterday about how there's no bad days. Every day is a gift, right? But you can have bad moments in your day and that's okay. So yeah, I do a lot of real talk on my stories because things come up every day. I feel like are important to share and that connection gets built stronger and stronger. I love that so much. And I I remember you and I chatted when all of that was happening. And I was also talking about that on my social media platform at the same time. And I even screen recorded one of the voice memos that you sent me because I just felt that it was so powerful. And as we're talking about this again, as I'm listening to you, I'm like getting chills all over again, just because that is what social media is all about. It's like, it's the impact that you're making. Of course, it's so cool that, you know, you can reach people across the world. And it's so cool that you can make millions of dollars. And like, you know, there's a bunch of things that are really, really cool. But at the end of the day, like it is the impact. And I think that a lot of people and, and sometimes even I get so caught up in like the the likes and the views and, you know, the vanity metrics of social media that we forget about what social media is really all about. And that is impact. And I really want to talk about something that I feel that you do really, really well, which is connecting with your community I feel like there is a lot of people who have built social media followings and it doesn't even necessarily mean that you have to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers to have built a social media following. I mean, you could even build 5,000 followers, you know, and and that's amazing too. Like 5,000 people. Think about if all those people were in one room with you, you know, I always like that visual where, you know, it's like, you don't feel like you have a lot of people who are, who are listening, but it's like, put all of those people in a room and there's a lot of people, but There are a lot of people who have built these social media followings, but not a lot of people who have really built a following of people who are connected and are there for a bigger purpose. And I I loved how you said, you know, that you are really friends with people on your social media platform. How have you built a platform? Is there anything in specific that you feel like kind of stands out in terms of things that you have done that have really allowed you to connect with your community and also be able to talk about those real and raw things. And of course, there's always going to be trolls. There's always going to be people out there who disagree with you, no matter no matter what it is that you're sharing, no matter how much light you're putting out. But how have you, I guess, created that space where you can have those conversations? Because I think there are a lot of people out there who are afraid to have those conversations. And there are also a lot of people out there who do feel disconnected from their audience because they haven't taken the time to build that connection. I think you hit on it spot on. Everything you said, I could agree with to a T. I think for me, I show up raw and authentic. And my platform, if you just look at it via video, is this girl knows everything about her house and it's very organized and her hair is always on point and she lives a perfect life. And is she real? 
And then you go to my stories and you're like, okay, I'm in a fact checker. And there I am like, you know, I'm losing my mind today or something's happening and I'm trying to digest it and I'm walking you through how I'm digesting it. Or, you know, I'm feeling a little burned out. I really share who I am. Like if you meet me at yoga, I'm that girl. <laughs> like, like you're meeting me just like you see me on my stories. And I think a lot of people don't utilize their stories to actually share and connect versus sell. And I saw so much of that and would be turned off by it. And I stick to being very true to myself. Anything I'm talking about, my coffee that I've chosen, I've used it for years and I love it. And there's a reason I love it. And I can tell you why I love it. And I can provide all of the ingredients of why it's clean and how I use Like That needs to be more real. I'm not just after the shiny coin, like, oh, well, you know, brands will approach me and pay a lot of money. Um, and I will turn them down if it's not something I use and or can stand behind. And as a consumer, prior to being on the other side of social media, I could connect with these other influencers and find them to be great. But I would DM them and not hear anything. I DM them like 12 times and not hear anything from them. And so when I started the platform and I started to feel comfortable with it, I rooted it in connection. You have to connect. You have to answer your direct messages. There are some nights I spend, you know, four hours late into the evening writing people back. That's the choice I have made. And I think you have, when you go into this, you have to choose what you're going to do. I show up and I embrace my faults. I embrace the imperfection of life, that I'm an imperfect human. And that's where I want my connection to be in is that we are all in this together. And part of that is making sure I connect with them on all points. It's not just comments on a video. It's way past that. But you have to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. And if you can't do both, you're going to lack the connection. And I don't really see why you're on social media if that's the case. I totally, I was stalking you on Instagram. Not that I, I already follow you on Instagram. I already, I mean, I look at all of your content anyways, but I was going through your highlights right before we hopped on this interview. And I was in, I think it was your about me highlight. And there's a story where, you know, you woke up and you're like, if your hair looks like this in the morning. And then like the next story was how you hadn't unpacked from a vacation or something. There was clothes all over the ground. And I, I was like, this is so relatable because if I had taken a video outside, I'm in my closet right now recording. And if I took a video outside in my room right now, it would look exactly the same. So (laughs) you are totally talking the talk and walking the walk. And I mean, I can see that even without having to even go to your stories, just looking through your highlights. And also that is something that I have always looked up to you for as well as you are always well, walking the walk and talking the talk and that vulnerability, but also just the time that you do take to be able to connect with your community. I think that, I mean, I already said this, but I'll say it again, that a lot of people forget what social media is all about and it is to be social, which means that there is connection and there is impact at the end of the day. And then, you know, they're focused on all these other things and then they get to this point in their journey and they're like, well, why haven't I connected with anyone? You know, why am I, 
why is my brand not bigger than myself? And it's because they haven't taken the time to put the social in social media. And so I think that that is just such a powerful thing. And it's so it's so small, too. And it's not to say that it's small in terms of like it doesn't take up your time, but it's such a small thing that people do overlook is just taking that time to get to know your people and to instead of just in your direct messages, like, thanks. It's like having a conversation with people, you know, it's like actually taking the time instead of just like hearting a message, you know, taking the time to actually have a conversation with people. And it does take time, but that also it always comes back in the end. Like, I think that there, there's just so much power in that. So I love that so, so, so much. Is there anything else that you would add before we carry on to a different aspect of our conversation? Just don't downgrade your direct messages. Don't neglect them. And don't think, oh, it's fine if I don't get back to somebody. It's not a big deal. I mean, there are times, and I know you know this, there are over 3000 messages in a day and I'm doing the best I can to keep up. And sometimes I do neglect this or just heart this to move on to the next, but I read them all. So if you are doing what I'm doing or Maya's doing, and you really want that impact to grow, shine and become something bigger than you, don't neglect your direct messages. I love that. I'm like, mic drop. If we take nothing else away from this, <laughs> let it be that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So another thing that I want to talk about with you is you are putting out pretty large volumes of content. I mean, you're posting on a daily basis. You are showing up. You have been very, very, very consistent. Like you are the definition of consistency, in my opinion, uh, in terms of posting on Instagram. So as someone who is putting out large volumes of content, what is your creation schedule and where are you gaining inspiration for these content ideas? Or I guess, how do you come up with so much content basically at the end of the day? So this rolls straight into don't ignore your direct messages. Your audience is going to tell you what they want. And if you really want to be on a service platform, which Instagram is, then you need to provide the service. I can tell you this. I have so much that I gain just seasonally, whether it be from recipes and what's in season or as I look around in the grocery store or I'm having an issue myself. I really kind of post alongside my life. So my inspiration comes from what I'm doing. And I'm an active human being. I I do not do well just sitting in my house day after day. So I really kind of gain it from that. But I always have something to fall back on, which is these recipe books from my grandma and her handwritten you know, and her handwriting, which are so rare nowadays. And she also has a recipe book for cleaning supplies, which is actually where a lot of these come from. And have helped me low tox my home because these products still exist, but we neglect them because we can pick it up easier at Target, you know? So I kind of go back to that. I do look at my metrics and I do look at what's trending and what people want to see. And I don't neglect my direct messages. There are people that are like, okay, great, but I really need hardwood floor cleaner and I can write back. It's coming in April. And I kind of take a look at everything at the beginning of the month and try to plan each week out best I can. I do have two kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I do not have a nanny. And I do not have my kids in school all the time yet. So I balance it around motherhood and cooking dinner for the family and cleaning my house. (laughs) But I kind of gain my inspiration for what I am doing. Like spring cleaning is coming and this is like ritualistic for me. So I'm going to take everyone through it with me. So you're kind of on the journey of what I'm doing day to day. 
And I gain inspiration from my community. And I think, again, I that community part is where you're going to get so much of it. They'll tell you what they want. I even had someone be like, I know that you don't do charcuterie anymore, but can you still make an Easter board? And I'm like, just for you, I'll do it. <laughs> the other thing I want to mention is you can repurpose a lot of your content and don't neglect the fact. Three tips that go viral, add them all together and make it your three favorite tips. I mean, it is kind of repurposing and looking for that and then using, you know, maybe once a week, I do something experimental and see if it's going to catch or not. But I would say I pretty much stick to the tips and tricks, recipe food wise, and then cleaning supplies. And those are kind of my like, daily time to make content. And then I throw in a, a wild card every now and then. I love that. And it brings up something that I heard another creator say. I think it was Sam Vanderwillen on Instagram. She posted a reel and it said something along the lines of, if you're struggling with content ideas, make sure that you're living your life. And I feel like that's that's very true in what you were just talking about, where you pull a lot of inspiration from living, (laughs) from living your life. And I think that a lot of times people get so into content creation and all they're doing is just creating and creating and creating and creating. And, you know, they're in their business 24 seven that they aren't like, it's not to say that they're not living their life, but they're like in their, you know, they're in the content creation mode, like 24 seven. And they're like, well, why don't I have any content ideas? Or, you know, why do I not enjoy creating content anymore? And so for me, I've, I've had that happen multiple times too, where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have literally nothing to post. And then I have to have that reality check moment with myself where I'm like, I'm actually living my life because a lot of my content ideas, especially recently have come from me living my life. Like I'm at the grocery store. I had XYZ experience with, you know, this customer service and like, let's bring this in and, you know, teach a lesson about it. Even my post just yesterday, uh, I was talking about how to pivot the testimonials that you share. And the reason why that came about was because I was in Kauai and I was looking at reviews for on Yelp for restaurants to go to. And so it's like, it's me living my life. And that's where a lot of my content ideas come from. So I love that. That is also where a lot of your content ideas come from too. Yeah. And I think that that's what people want to see and connect with, right? I mean, I think so much of it comes from that as well. So it's more yeah, really, I, I love way more. It's definitely, I agree. And I think it's relatable in the sense of they can see themselves in you. And yeah. that's connection. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What would you say is the biggest factor that has contributed to your growth on Instagram? So I'm, I'm just going to put this out here. I'm going to expose Nicole here for a second. She is over 300,000 followers on Instagram And a lot of this has been grown within like the last year and a half. Quote me if I'm wrong, but I I think it was like a year and a half ago that you started your journey. So a lot of growth has happened. A lot of impact has happened. What would you say is that biggest factor? Or maybe you have a few different things that you would say contribute to that. But any thoughts? Yeah. So I think it's applicable to what I see in my relationships day to day, whether it be my husband, my kids my in-laws, my parents, new friends, acquaintances, anyone I come in contact with, that there's a level of dignity, courtesy, and respect that I give to the platform and to its community. And I require that as a baseline to be in my life. And it's how I run the platform too. So I think it has to grow from core elements of relationships in my life and then applying it to the social part of the platform. 
And then in addition to that, I think it's not being fearful of showing the real me. You got to get out of that fear, you know, and there are times where I think like, okay, you know, but what if they don't connect to this or, or is this everything that they need? And I have to remind myself, like, I'm abundant, I'm connected to everyone and everything. And I think if you can stay in your lane, knowing that that's really what you're there to do, you're able to reach a large number of men and women, people alike that view the world and the treatment of others the same way. And so being authentic, raw and real is definitely a part of any social media account. I think that's going to have good success. And then, you know, applying what I just basically said, dignity, courtesy, and respect in forms of whether it be content that I'm showing or how I respond to comments or direct messages and continuing to build on those relationships. But I don't know. Like, I really, really wish I had the answer to this because I'd be a billionaire if I could tell people how to do it. Like, I really wish that I could. And I'm, I'm learning that that's, that that's not always the case. And sometimes I do get it wrong. And I guess maybe that's part of it too, right? Is to recognize that my faults are there to help me and to grow from those. I think that, I mean, I've, I've asked many, many, many people this question. And I've had many conversations with people who have been very successful in their growth on social media. And very few, if anyone but you really, has ever answered this question with community and connection and impact and like being really rooted in that. A lot of the answers have been, oh, you know, knowing what goes viral on Instagram and, you know, posting multiple times per day or, you know, it, it's very much rooted in the the frequency and consistency of things rather than being focused in on the community aspect, which of course all of those things do play a role in in growth for sure. But I just love that approach. And I mean, it just ties back into that conversation we were having earlier all about connection and, and the importance of just taking the time to get to know your audience and allowing them to get to know you, which brings up another conversation that I think is really, really, really important to have, which is the conversation of how can you be okay with opening up and sharing more about yourself and getting raw and real and dealing with the trolls. So not, I mean, I'll be honest, they put me in tears sometimes. Like the attacks are so abusive. It is beyond me. But I have to realize that Instagram gives me the protection to block or to let go. And sometimes I do write back, but it's always rooted in exactly what I preach, which is kindness. You can approach the rude and abrupt with kindness. And sometimes they snap right back. And that's when I block. I give them an opportunity to come around to the kind way, which is what I would want somebody to do with me if I was snappy one day, right? I'm going to treat them the same way that I would want someone to treat me. The best thing I can say is, you know yourself best. And in the process of being an influencer or whatever title that you're going to give yourself in what you're doing on your platform, there's going to be three elements of healing, growing, and glowing. And you have to be vulnerable enough to be raw and honest in order to heal, grow, and glow. And once you get to the glow, it's unstoppable. It, people are instantly attracted to you. You're like, you know, that blue light that the mosquitoes get zapped and they just like can't not, they can't turn away. They want that glow. They want that piece of the glow, but it starts the process again. 
And so I think I always know that there is going to be, there's going to be that part of the business where it's going to hurt sometimes and I'm going to heal it and we're going to grow from it and we're going to do it, whether it be together or just by myself, either way is growth is always a good thing in life. Right. And then I'm going to glow after that. So I kind of keep the process very linear, linear and in my head, but I stopped looking for external validation. And once I stopped look, looking for the external validation, I was able to celebrate my wins that were bigger or small. And I chose to focus on doing things that would benefit the future me. And that includes boundaries. And so I think that once I kind of got to that point of the business where that didn't define me, what those people were saying or how angry they were at whatever I was talking about, putting baking soda on something, I could shed that. And if anything, it's helped me grow in my personal life, which is a true gift and will help you in more ways than I have time to talk about on this podcast. But if you can open yourself up to say, this is me, you'll attract people that are similar or different to yourself. And your community then becomes your strong foundation of support. And what is better than 300,000 plus people of support? Like not much. Like That is an army right there. Like, let's go. So I kind of view it that way. But it's it's taken me a while to get there. So anyone that's that needs those words to get there or suffering from imposter syndrome or whatever, start that habit building now and wait till you see yourself in six months from it. It's incredible. I love that so very much. I mean, I recently, I just read one of Russell Brunson's books and something that he said inside, and I'm I'm totally gonna botch this quote, but basically something along the lines of, if you're neutral, nobody's going to know you. And, you know, when you're willing to put yourself out there, you know, you're going to attract a crowd of trolls, but you're also going to attract a crowd of raving fans. And when I heard that, I was like, that is so, so, so true. And I think somewhere in the quote, too, he said, you know, how many people do you know that were neutral in their life? You know, I think of all the people who have made, you know, big impacts like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and all these people. It's like, of course, we're like these people made big changes and they made big impacts, but did they have people who hated them? Yeah, 100% they did, you know? And, and I just think about that where it's like, there are always going to be trolls no matter what. And I, and I think too, <laughs> with you talking about like your baking soda, I'm like, there's, people are going to get angry about the dumbest thing <laughs> out there. And no matter what it is that you're posting about, no matter how safe you try to play it. So it's like, why not just share who you are and get raw and vulnerable with your community? Because that's when you're going to be able to not just move forward with your mission and create a bigger impact, but also be able to just inspire other people to do the same. Because when you're playing it safe, other people are going to look to you, you know, as the example, and they're going to play it safe too. And so you're giving people the permission to also step into their power and to be who they were meant to be at the end of the day as well. So it's not just for you and not just for the growth of your brand, but for the impacts that you're going to make with other people as well and, and the things that they're trying to do in their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that is understanding boundaries and, and where you're willing to go. And I can't say that I came onto my platform like this open book per se. I've had to grow into that. And so recognizing that there's always going to be growth there 
and to do it and to reconnect to your essential self will get you, will get you there. But I agree. Like when you have all these cheerleaders, everyone that's got your back, it's, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, for me, I, I almost forget like when I'm in the moment with the trolls, I'm like, you know, that everyone hates me. And then I'm like, wait a second. Like, I have X amount of people who follow me who are there to support me. And so I think that that too is just that perspective shift of like, this is one out of how many people, you know, easier said than done. I I think everything you said as well, too, where it's like, you got to start the habits now. You got to start, you got to start thinking about trolls and, and recognizing, you know, how you're going to navigate these things now so that when it does happen on a larger scale, because it will happen on a larger scale, that you're able to navigate that and handle that at that larger scale. But again, it just, it all comes back to starting now and the things that you implement now for when it happens in the future, because it will. And it's not to discourage you. It's just the reality of putting yourself out there. All right. I have one last question for you. I'll just leave it at that. I have one last question. (laughs) How are you currently monetizing your Instagram account? Yes. So I have an amazing talent team that helps me connect with all the brands that I've been using for years and or love that are clean. My family enjoys the brands that I have used to like heal my gut, help me get my health back on track. Like I mentioned before, there's not a like dire need to monetize and to make you know, I'm not out there just like grabbing the shiny coin, like I said earlier, but there is a lot of benefit and long term partnership with companies that I can truly stand behind that are core to living a holistic life and being a holistic homemaker. And so I feel very grateful for them. (laughs) They handle a lot of the nuances and the micro so I can focus on the connection and the content that my platform can deliver to my community. And that is really what I have needed. Probably, I probably needed it earlier. I should have done it earlier. I I know that now, but that's important to me because I need that assistant. I need the assistance and I need the expertise to continue to make the platform what it is. And it does, I mean, I will be raw and honest. I can spend 40 to 60 hours working on things a week. I did that all last year and ran myself into the ground and felt like I'm just going to give it up. So I can be that type of mentality or I can be happy, healthy, living my life with my kids and my family and showing up for my community. So I think for me, monetizing was another offering. There were a lot of people that were like, okay, but can you give me a discount code to this product that you love so much? How do I connect with that company? Where's my 20% off? I mean, I would have DMs like, where's my 20% off? Like, I love that you're talking about this, but I'm not going to pay $9.99 for that. And I was like, I need to do more. So when my community was asking for more, I needed to hire people on to help me align with the brands that I used all the time every day that I loved. So I do have help for my talent team in that direction. But beyond that, my It's Nicole Jake's community and, you know, help per se, has been small. I'm still trying to scale it to where it needs to get to match the platform. But again, like I said, I'm rooted in the community and a, and really focused on it just being me that runs the community part of what I do. And if I'm going to be able to do that and continue to do it as the numbers grow, then I will need to delegate other things. And I know that. 
I know that. (laughs) I love that so much. And this is exactly how I take on brand partnerships as well. And I think that it's honestly something that is a little bit rare in the space where, you know, you aren't taking on every single brand partnership that is sent your way. And I mean, there's a lot of amazing brands that reach out to me, but at the end of the day, do I connect with them? Do I utilize their service or their product? Not all of the time. And, and there have been times too, where I'll, I'll say, you know what, I don't use your product or service, but let me do a test on it and, and see how I like it. And then sometimes I I do end up going into partnership with them. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, like I appreciate it, but this is not for me. And because of that, I have kept the amount of partnerships that I've done very, very small. Like I think I've worked with five brands total and I, I get pitched multiple, multiple, multiple times per week to brands where I, I turn them down because it just doesn't align with my values and it doesn't, it's not something that I personally love and use. And I think that that is something that I don't want to say that people go wrong with, but I think that it can really muddle down your brand when you're just taking on a bunch of different things. Because I think a lot of people don't recognize that who they partner with also, it kind of like shines a light on your brand as well. And I think this doesn't just include like partnerships, but also if you're doing like collaborations, like free collaborations with other creators on social media, it's like whatever their values are with that other creator that you're collaborating with or this other brand that you're working with, that also is reflected in your brand as well. So it's so much more than just the money. And a lot of people don't think about that. It's like, you know, someone might have a really bad experience or multiple people might have had a bad experience with this brand. And you know, that then affects how people are perceiving your brand, even though it's not your business, you know, not your service or your product. So I think that there's just such a deeper conversation that not a lot of people are having in terms of brand partnerships. So I love that, you know, it's all very much rooted in this is what I've been using for years. Let's reach out to these brands that I've already been using for years and let's work with them because I already know that I, I know, like, and trust this brand and their products and services. So I really love that. And I think that that's something you have to be willing to take the risk on is that, you know, people are like, but what about your shampoo? And I'm like, uh, okay, but then they're going to ask me for the 20% off. And then, you know, and I'm like, okay, let me see. Let me see if we can reach out to them. Let's see what we can do here. I mean, there is a delicate dance with it. And I feel like I use a term like this is, this is when I've done the homework. So you don't have to. And that's your cue. Like this one has been vetted. (laughs) This is Nicole approved. This has been used for over six months, a year plus. This is why I've used it. This is how I found it. I mean, I spend hours a day beyond connecting with the community, researching what's new, what's coming into the healthcare field, what's been working, what's been not, reaching out and having those discussions with experts because it's important to me to say, like, this is what's worked for me, but it may not work for you. I just find a lot of influencers to be unauthentic. And you can see when it comes on the page, like, oh, okay, well, now they're promoting this. Didn't they just promote this other company a month before? And then I don't believe them that their t-shirt is comfortable, or that's the best sandals that they've ever worn. And it becomes this, I get that they're grasping for the shiny coin, but then what's real, what's fake? And, and it's something in social media that as a consumer, I was so turned off by so many times that I was like, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it the right way, I'm going to be wrong on this. I mean, I've even gone on and said, like, my husband uses this. I've used it, but I hate the taste. And it's been a brand partnership, but I'm being honest. And that's something that's built in 
to everything that I do with brands. It's that Nicole needs to be very honest and give authentic feedback and you have to be open to that. I'm not reading off a script. So if you can have a platform like that, which I would say are pretty rare, I think you and I are pretty rare in our platforms to not have to chase the brand partnership per se. And it's well vetted and you are protected by your team who is checking your contracts legally. Please do not Please do not sign a contract if you do not have legal look over it. That's all I can say if you're doing what we do. But I think that's important. And you know, at the end of the day, it's not about selling. <laughs> it's about connecting. So keep to your core in that element. I love that so much. And I, I honestly could continue this conversation <laughs> with you for like a whole nother five hours. <laughs> so maybe we'll do like a part three, a part, you know, six, seven, eight, what <laughs> down the line <laughs> and bring you back onto the podcast. Cause seriously, I have absolutely love this conversation so, so, so much. So thank you for taking the time to share your story with us, to share your perspective with us today on the podcast. But before we go, where can people find you if they're wanting to connect with you? Awesome. So I'm on Instagram at it's Nicole Jakes. And my last name is J-A-Q-U-E-S. And then on TikTok, it's the same at it's Nicole Jakes. And then I have a website, www.nicolejakes.com. And that's actually where you can sign up for my free newsletter. It gives you more intimate look in my life. And I do um, roundups of like spring cleaning tips and tricks, PDFs that you guys can print out. I also do family life. I talk a little bit more about my family life in there and then also do like trip roundups where I've gone, what's the best place to eat. I'll give you a full rundown on how you can spend five days in Palm Springs. <laughs> I love So those that. are the places you can find me and connect with me always via email. I do answer all my emails quite frequently, multiple times a day. So thank you so much for having me, by the way. I loved this. I agree. I would love to do part two, three, four, five, six. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And all of Nicole's links will be down in the podcast description as well. So you don't have to go and find them. You can just go check out the podcast description, including her website. And stay tuned. Stay tuned for a part two, a part three, a part six down the line. And thank you again so much, Nicole, for joining us today. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.